Hello Magic Seekers and welcome to Turns Out She's a Witch. We're your hosts Tracy and Shannon and, and welcome, welcome to, to our, our podcast coven. Magic Seekers, we hope that you're doing well. We hope you um, had an amazing, amazing emolt. That was hard. That was almost like a tongue twister. (laughs) Tongue twister, (laughs) yeah. And what are we going to talk about today, Shan? Today I thought we would touch on the four phases of woman because we do bring this up during most of our podcast episodes. So I thought I would take a run through it so that you have a good sound knowledge of what it's all about. Because it's not as simple as just um, like I know we've spoken before, you've spoken before about maiden, mother, maga and crone. It's not as simple as just them representing just like the four stages of life. There's so Mm. much more to it. Like with everything else we're finding out. (laughs) So they're the four phases, but you say it. You say it better than me. (laughs) So, yeah, basically they are, each one of them is a gateway into the different stages of our life. So they also have associations with each of those stages. So the associations, and this is where we get right into that spiral and how everything's connected. So you've got your four seasons are connected. through. So you've got spring, summer, autumn and winter, the four directions of east, north, west and south, the four elements of air, fire, water and earth, the four energy phases of budding with potential, full bloom, harvest and then shedding and letting go the four phases of the moon of the waxing and growing in energy the full moon which is the peak of energy the waning moon which is retreating and then the dark moon when we go within and then also layered into that is the four phases of our menstrual cycle so you have pre-ovulation ovulation uh, post-ovulation, which is the luteal phase, and then you've got menstruation and shedding. So all of those are encompassed within these four phases of women. So it's deep. There's a lot to it. Do but they want to, just... like, put anything else on the woman? <laughs> just asking? It's a lot. It's it is a lot. a lot. It is a lot. But it does give you, um, once you can wrap your head around it all, it does give you so much knowledge and wisdom I guess about where you are in your own life whether it's the age you're at or whether it's the menstrual phase you're at and yeah you can gain a lot of insights through and then I suppose work out how to be in flow with that so work with the stages rather than against them or unknowingly against them but work with them and harness the 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 flow of whatever you're in instead of like okay I'm going to start you know something new today but then realizing that you're actually in your cone phase and the cone's not yeah. going to start any anything new <laughs> no okay, absolutely cool. that's a beautiful way to look at it and also honoring where where you're at but also other women around you where they may be mm. at um, whether they're younger or older or their menstrual cycle so yeah it's once again coming back to that aspect of being present. 
yeah. with what is. Okay. And so you've spoken before, I don't know whether you've said it on the podcast or just to me, but you've talked about, you're talking, huh? what is wrong with me today? <laughs> talking about, you've talked about um, like the, how you've got um, the four phases of woman kind of kicks in around when we start to, like we become a woman. So like for a female, it's, well, obviously we're talking about women, but um, when we first get our first period, when we first bleed, so can you talk to us a little bit about that maiden and when sort of the phases of woman kicks in for us in our human yeah, experience? Absolutely. So when you're born, that is your first initiation into this world. And then when you have your first bleed, which is also known as menarche, and that commences for most women around 12 to 16 years of age, you move out of that child phase and into the maiden. So that's when it would start. So this also encompasses the season of spring. So you can see that, you know, start of the cycle, the element of air, which is the mind, imagination, creativity and learning. So they're all aspects that you would be embodying in those years and the direction of east, so the sun rising. And to me, I look at it like a new day, a new dawn, and you're budding with potential, growing in energy like the waxing moon. And in the menstrual phase, we are in our maiden when we're pre-ovulation. So you think about that building of energy and the possibilities. So that's a really great time to um, set intentions and dream and, Mm -hmm. you know, conspire and, and be motivated. For sure. Yeah. To start new projects, you're going to be building in energy. Um, Yeah. It's a great time for that, all that kind of stuff. Is, does that come straight after menstrual cycle, like straight after we stop bleeding crone. or is there like, yes. so straight after crone it starts again to maiden? Yes, yep, sure yeah. does. I Actually, you know, like come to think of it now if I reflect back, like that is my favourite time of my month is that week after. So the yeah. maiden time. The it's, it's a, you, Yeah, I have a lot of energy at that stage and for someone with problems with energy because of my anemia, um, I find that I look forward to that period of time and I put things aside intentionally mm-hmm. because I know that at that point I'm going to have natural energy and it won't be so hard, such a hard slog. So that's yeah, obviously you're what's going with it. Cool. Yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. I like that. And so in that maiden energy, you know, it's um, it's also the time where we can dream big and kind of decide who we want to be and kind of look at the world with naivety and um really kind of not not be not have any inhibitions yet or have anything that's telling us that we can't Mm. yeah like the the maidens the young young women full of potential yeah Mm. and so if you're so obviously the next phase is mother but mm-hmm. if you don't actually become a physical mother, as in have children or become a mother as because you have a child, uh-huh. um, what is kind of the the stage? Is that different for everyone where they will go into the mother phase anyway? Because obviously like people who decide to have careers or yeah. just decide to not have children at all or to become a, a, a you know, like a, a mother as we see a mother as in children, is yeah. there like an age that that kind of transfers or, it or is, is it kind of the same for everyone? 
So it is around 25. So, and usually around that time, whether or not you have a physical child or not, you're usually birthing something into the world. So whether that be a career or a creation um, yeah, or a physical child. So 25 is usually when you step into your mother role. And the mother is associated with the season of summer. So you've got the element of fire, full power, blazing with passion and protecting what you have birthed. And it's in the direction of the north, which is purpose. And you're in full bloom, dynamic, powerful, and it's that peak of energy like the full moon. So that's kind of how I I see that mother archetype. Mm. So strong and powerful and solid um, and something to look to with like with a compass it's kind of like I think about that as knowing your true north and knowing that you have a solid purpose right now because Mm -hmm. without you it doesn't exist so without you it can't thrive so you are almost like the force or the source of of this thing that you are mothering whatever it is yeah absolutely whether that's a child or your career and also with the menstrual phase uh, the mother is ovulation so it's that you know, birthing an egg, which could potentially become a child. So it's it's that fruition and that peak in energy. That's really funny because so I became a mum at 25, so right mm-hmm. on cue. Oh, wow, yeah. <laughs> um, but also it wasn't until after I had all my babies, so my youngest turns eight um, or turned eight a week ago um, and she, since I had her, I, I know when I am ovulating, like I know the day, I know the time mm-hmm. that that egg is released because I feel every single yeah. crack of it opening and releasing. Mm-hmm. And I can't imagine, like for me personally, I do not want to have any more babies. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do motherhood in that way anymore apart from the three of Um but yep. I wonder if that's kind of like it now that I feel that ovulation and because mother is the ovulation, maybe that's why I have such a resistance around ovulation because I don't want to be a mother, any, not be a mother anymore, <laughs> but I'm like, I am done, 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 done. Yeah. Whereas before Alaska, I didn't have that. It wasn't until, and, and there was a five year gap between my second and my third. Yeah, wow. So it's yeah. like I wonder if it's got anything to do with that yearning and that longing to have another baby or have a baby. Mm-hmm. And then when you don't want any more, you all of a sudden become aware of ovulation because it's when you're going to become a mother again. <laughs> <laughs> it's like oh, a potent contraceptive. It's like, uh-uh. <laughs> yeah. But do you find, though, at that time your energy is at its peak around ovulation, that you're like on fire, you know, ready to kind of rock the world mm. and you can... Ovulation for me me is usually the signal of that that going to put. It's like that day, it's like I am two sides of a coin. I've gone from being the maiden to Mm -hmm. being like, don't don't even look at me and don't talk to me. Yeah, wow. (laughs) (laughs) But only only for like a day or two and then I'm fine, Mm -hmm. but I start to get really introverted. I start to actually kind of... um, you know, want to want to actually retreat instead of go out. So maybe I'm a bit skewed there. Yeah, interesting. That's very interesting. Yeah. But well, in saying I that, I don't have the greatest into, cycle anyway. Yeah. Well, I came into my mother at 
the tender age of two weeks before my 21st. So that was huge. Um, so I You're did miss an early out bloomer. On, I was a very early bloomer. So I definitely missed out on a few good maiden years there. <laughs> um, and I think that's why I was really drawn to this work around the archetypes because at that point in time, um, obviously when you become a mother, there's no going back. You can't become the maiden again. And there was no rite of passage or no, like I didn't have this knowledge back then. I wish I did because I think it would have really supported me in and really fully stepping into that mother role and embodying that because I know after I had my son, it was always those thoughts of, oh, I just need to get my body back and get back to what I was doing before and the get maiden. back into exercise. And yeah, yeah. And like, obviously you do retain a lot of who you are regardless of being becoming a mother and whatnot, but so much does change. And yeah, I just feel it's really important to acknowledge it and have that, that rite of passage, um, you know, when you're pregnant and stepping over that threshold, because as you know, it's an initiation of fire, isn't it? Having your firstborn and yeah. How good would it be yeah. though to have been back? How good would it have been to be back there in time and to have a, have society, culture, women around you, family or whoever mm-hmm. around you honouring the fact that this is beautiful, your body is never going to be the same Yeah, because it's going to take on this new form and there wouldn't be this pressure of needing to go back to mm-hmm. pre-baby um, and get your pre-baby body back because there's so much targeted at that. These days it's a little bit, you know, they've backed off that a little bit because yeah, there's so true. much more acceptance and everything. But when we were having babies back then. Mm, talking that 20 was, years ago for me, yeah. Yeah, that was the in thing. It's like get your pre-baby mm-hmm. body back, get your post-baby body, post baby body to your pre-baby body. I mean, I don't like I I have what I call my mum tum, which I think I'm probably mm-hmm. not the only female listening right now that would yeah, honour their mum tum. But I wish that I had had more of a healthy attitude or a more accepting attitude around it because, but like, I mean, my eldest is 15 and a half. And so it's been about 15 years that I have mm-hmm. lived with this belief of a mum tum, you yeah. know, and how good would it be just to not have that? And, and yeah. You know, and I, and I think yeah. what you're saying in terms of that rite of passage and going into that, I think that that would that would take all that away. You know, mm. it would it would make you feel normal and it would make you feel acceptance rather than resistance because we know how acceptance and resistance works in terms of if you're resisting what you are in the present and what's happening right now, then you're pushing shit up a hill to have a different result. You're going to have to really invest Mm. in making sure you do. And that means you have to sacrifice a whole heap of things to be able to do that. Whereas if you're Mm. in acceptance, then there is so much release in acceptance and you'd probably find that it would bounce back so much quicker or not bounce back, but it would come to a a new, um, a new happy medium or new happy normal that, that you enjoy and love. And honour, honour what your body's done. Yeah, yeah so it's quite amazing when you think about it that you can actually grow a human and birth a human yeah. into the world. It's and incredible. It is incredible. Not once did I think like that, though. Not once no, did I, didn't I think at the that time. it was yeah. amazing what my body had done. In yeah. fact, I actually thought more about where my body had let me down during the processes of childbirth. I can totally resonate with that because I had... Yeah two emergency caesareans with my first two and I nearly died having my son. I was in intensive care for three days and I can totally resonate with that. Like I was so unkind 
to my body. When I think back and I, same thing, it wasn't like honoring what it had been through. It was what it didn't do. And mm. like, I ended up with postnatal depression when I was 25 after I had my two, two eldest children. And it's no wonder I look back and just think, you poor thing. Like you just were in this world of hoping things, like wishing things had turned out differently for your births and wishing your body was what it was before you even had children and not honouring where you're at and not honouring what you went through and the strength it took to go through those those ordeals. And, um, yeah, gosh, I don't know, I'd just love to go back in time and give her a big hug. <laughs> It'd be really good. Yeah. Oh, like mm. it's imprinted in my brain when I was being wheeled out um, of the labour labor room when I just had Luca, my second, and... Like he was, he was a 10 pound, eight, 59 centimeter baby oh and he gosh. was induced at 10 days over and I had no pain relief. Um, and he, like he were that was a very traumatic experience. So he, well, we had shoulder dystocia. So he was dead when he was born and then they brought him to mm. life, um, three minutes outside of, outside of, um, being born. And, when when I finally left that room and I was in a wheelchair and they'd taken him off to the neonatal ward and everything and there was this line, it was like 4 o'clock in the morning and there was this line of midwives and doctors like along the corridor and they were just clapping and they were calling me Wonder Woman. And Aww. I remember getting to my room and just being so angry and mm. crying in so much anger. I mean, I was exhausted for sure and I'd just been through yeah. something horrendously you know traumatic yeah but I was so angry that that they thought to call me Wonder Woman I felt like it was a judgment that I I didn't deserve because I felt like that whole entire experience I was begging to die yeah like yeah. I was begging to not go through this as soon as his head came out and we knew that he wasn't alive I was ready to just say, take take us both. And I prayed. I prayed so hard for this to be over and I didn't want to do it, that I didn't want to be mm -hmm. here if he wasn't going to be here, that we could go together and I would be okay with that. And I was doing so many deals with whoever <laughs> I could do a deal with to not be there. Yeah. And then for them to call me Wonder Woman, I felt like a fraud. I felt like the worst kind of woman that, or mother that could possibly be because not only did my body fail, but my mind failed, my heart failed because I didn't want to do it. And I only got through it because I had no choice. Like, trust yeah. me, I wanted to die, but I couldn't make that happen. You can't just go, yeah, I want to die now and you're dead. Mm. You know, they were doing everything to save our lives, not kill us, not, you know, not try to give us the quick way out. And so to be called Wonder Woman, it was just far too soon for a 26-year-old girl who had been through mm. what she'd just been through to, to have to conceptualise and to honour what they were actually saying. But yeah. it's only now, like 13 years later, that I'm able to look at it and just go, if only I could have seen myself as Wonder Woman then too and to yeah. forgive myself for going to those places. And, you know, maybe if I'd have been kinder to myself in the first place, I wouldn't have actually gone to those places during the labour and mm. who knows. But there's so much of it that has taught me and you, you know, we've both learnt so much from the experiences that we went to, through because you went yeah. again two times and I went again another time, you know, and yeah. we've been able to have these sort of do-overs, I guess, or second chances at how we do it. 
But yeah. you just look back and you just think, to you sleep, baby version of yourself that just was just so judged, you know, externally that internally that was their truth and that was our voice and Mm, it's just awful. It's just not what I want for my kids to go through. And I think that, you know, that's part of the healing process and healing ancestral trauma and wounds and karmic trauma and and things like that. Absolutely. Yeah. But it's just, um, yeah, I mean, the whole mother thing, even like with careers and stuff, you know, like the mothers that that their career is is their child or their animals mm-hmm. or their children. And, and, you know, some of my clients, they get to kind of 40-ish and they're, they're single or they're married, but their career has kind of been the highlight of their life. And now they're sitting here going, I'm mourning the fact that I'm not going to have my own children. And no mm-hmm. one's teaching them how to do that. You know, they've, yeah. it's, there's no, it's not talked about enough. There's no books. No. There's no rules there's no cheat sheet to just say this is gonna this is how it's gonna feel and this is what you need to do but Mm. and they're they're too embarrassed to talk about it because they get seen as these heartless or you know masculine women that you know now they now they want to have a cry about not being able to have kids and you know it's kind of there's so much judgment everywhere yeah all over that that's the crux of it and even yeah. women that choose to never have children for whatever reason that may be, that should be honoured and respected. That's their choice. And Yeah, but they've still gone just, through the mother phase. Absolutely, absolutely, yes. We're, we all mother in our at some, some point in time. So, mm-hmm. And yeah. so when the mother phase ends, is there an age? Yeah. Yes, so typically it's 50 that you step into your maga. So the maga is also known as the enchantress, the priestess, or the harvest queen. And this gateway is the commencement usually of like perimenopause or menopause. So you finished like your hands on mothering at that time and your energy can shift to the community and putting your own needs first. And the reason it's known as the harvest queen is because you're harvesting all of the wisdom throughout the years of all of your life experience so oh, I like that. it's a beautiful yeah I think it's a beautiful time and um you know I'm 42 now and it's something I look forward to of yeah being the harvest queen and getting some of your energy back for yourself and your independence and a bit more freedom after all those years of the mother mm. so what other sort of elements so what what fate like what are the other things that are yeah yeah, so the associations with Marga is the season of autumn, so letting things fall away that no longer serve you, the element of water, which governs emotions, change and truth, the direction of west, like the setting sun, and sharing your knowledge, intuitive, strong sense of self, uh, your energy is starting to wind down like the waning moon. And in the menstrual phase, it is premenstrual. So, you know, you're not having that. <laughs> <laughs> filter the nice filter so you know I can kind of see that you know by 50 I think you you're going to own your truth a lot more and you, you're not going to tolerate bullshit basically I think by that age the, you know you know who you are you know who your tribe is you know what you stand for mm. and people know who you are if, yeah. you're, if you're being authentic and true yeah absolutely mm. yeah and so what age 50 that's 50 yes okay and so um okay so obviously this is something that we haven't done yet but we we both um 
we both, I, I can see it in you and I can see it in myself where we've already mm-hmm. started that like early. Sure, started cultivating um, it, yeah. So what happens if it does happen earlier? Like if you're if you're feeling like you're in your MAGA phase before 50, mm-hmm. is it, is it really it. not there? Well, I think it's personal. If you feel if you feel like you really resonate with that MAGA, then yeah, by all means, step into it for sure. Mm. Mm. So like it's not wishing time away. It's not kind of like honoring the phase that you're in. I don't think so. Like, so. Should I really no. go to town with this mother this mother phase for the next ten years? Like, do I need <laughs> to like push it out for another ten years? <laughs> well, you know, you're like me. You you started your family quite young, so I guess for us. Mm it'd be a natural progression for the MAGA phase to start a little bit earlier, I'd imagine. That's how I feel. So, mm. yeah. Maybe. I'm definitely not hands-on mothering much anymore. Like my youngest is 14. So, you know, yeah. those days of rocking babies and wiping bums and preparing lunches and all that sort of stuff are behind me. I've, I've as I said, I've got more independence now and, more energy to yeah give back to my community and to spend on my business or to keep for myself compared to what I did 10 years ago that's for sure mm. and so within the maga phase is there opportunity like each time we go through our phases so in the mother and then in the maga are we able to um like before you were sort of referring to about like going needing to go back and not honoring where we are right mm. now is there uh-huh. times though, like if they in the MAGA would probably be when we would become a grandmother in that phase? Yeah, true. Yeah. So would the mother phase then is the is the grandmother phase part of MAGA or is that mother kind of coming forward in MAGA? Does that make sense? I'm it does really make sense. Something. No, I totally get you. I grandmother phase is definitely in MAGA because the grandmother mm-hmm can do like you think about grandmothers they usually do all the fun stuff with their grandkids and it's not all the sleepless nights and the feeding and the nappy changes and you know so yeah you definitely mother from that place of maga where you still keep your energy for yourself but you get to spend that time with your grandkids when you choose and you enjoy it and it's a bit more luxurious I think than Mm. than when you were in the mother phase so and it's still quite maternal Oh, very much, yeah. I've got some friends um, that have become grandmothers already and it's just beautiful to see, like, their relationship with their grandchildren and it's very different, I think, to your child, but it would be, yeah, I can't wait to become a nan one day. Yeah, another beautiful relationship and love to experience because it would be very different to anything you've experienced before. Yeah. yeah. But also I think as well, like, when... I suppose daughters are different to sons in a way, but um, like I can't wait for my kids to become parents. And then so I think if, you know, you and I have both got daughters, so thinking about my daughter going through her maiden phase and then becoming a mother and me being in my maga and witnessing her transform into a mother, I think, you know, mm. the, the mother inside of our maga would just be like in full like bloom, just pride and joy, but also nurturing and maternal you know like you know I'm pretty sure I'm not going to be invited into the delivery room for my daughter-in-law's babies but you never know there's you never know but um you know if I was blessed enough to be invited into the birth of any of my grandchildren like I feel that there would be such a 
protective love and maternal nature mother kick in for my mm. child going through that experience and absolutely but also then for the grandchild that'd be so cool what a beautiful space of life absolutely I was actually blessed enough to um be in the room and my sister had her two children so Aww. And it was amazing because I'd had three cesareans myself and to have that experience of, yeah, being there and witnessing these babies come into the world was, it was amazing. This is an auntie. So I can't even imagine it as a grandmother, how, how special it must be. Yeah. Yeah. I'm kind of jealous because I've never been inside when a baby's been born. Like Laura, she gets to deliver mm-hmm. babies for God's sake. You've been in there. <laughs> my husband's been there for me with three And, um, we, when my sister had her first, um, I was planned, I was supposed to be Mm -hmm. her birth partner. Um, but she went into labor at three o'clock in the morning, sometime in the morning, like really early in the morning. And then by the time I got the phone call and made it to the hospital, she'd had the baby. Oh, wow. (laughs) So when I got there, I was like, let me in. Like I, I am the person supposed to be in the room with her. And they're like, we can't let you in. I'm like, what do you mean? Check on the piece of paper. I'm in her birth plan. I'm supposed to be here. I'm her sister. And they're like, yeah. we can't let you in. I'm like, well, can you tell me why? And they're like, she's had the baby. And I'm like, oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> Missed it. That's good for her, yeah. though, that it went so quickly. So I guess. good. So, yeah, yeah, we couldn't amazing. be any more different. She's got three as well. And all her three went early or right on time or if like a day before or something. Her pregnancies were fine. And she just popped them out in a couple of hours, all three Sounds of them. Sounds like my sister. Yeah. Far out, man. <laughs> Meanwhile, you've got cesareans. I've got 10-day overdue yep. babies and being induced and all kinds of stuff. It's just like, meh. But I guess it's, you know, comes back to that acceptance, isn't it, of where you're at and it's all yeah. our own, and your own journey, journey and Everyone's our own story. Everyone's here to do something different. Absolutely. Because I know like in times gone past, uh, probably more in my 20s, I did mourn the loss of not being able to experience a natural delivery. But I can honestly say now at 42, I just... I don't even think about it anymore and it's just is what it is and it's what happened and it's how my children came into the world safely and and I got through it safely. Yeah. And I yeah, have no regrets. Yeah, very much and, the same. I remember when I was pregnant with Alaska and I used to just like bargain again. I do a lot of bargaining with the powers that be <laughs> when I when I want something really badly, but I was bargaining to just have a natural uh, well, just go into labor naturally instead of being mm-hmm. induced like I had been with the boys and because what happened with um, my second labor, the um, the risk of it happening again goes up to like 80% immediately just because okay. you've done it before. So mm-hmm. then with the risk, um, with, with needing to be induced and not going in natural, it goes up like by te- like 5% each day that you go, you're pretty yeah. much screwed. And I was just like, come on, let's just go natural. And I was begging. I didn't need to have a natural delivery. I just wanted to go into labor naturally. I wanted to have mm-hmm. that, you know, like all my friends, you know, one of them actually like their their waters broke in the middle of coals. And, you know, <laughs> and like all my friends were like, oh, it was the middle of the night and I just woke up and I felt my water break and we grabbed the bag and we yeah. hurried up. And I really just wanted Matt and I to have that experience where I could just go, oh, my God, my water's just broken that typical kind of idealistic dream of what it's supposed to look like. But then the minute that I get to the hospital, give me that epidural like now. <laughs> I really just wanted to just go into labor naturally. But like you just said, you know, like it's eight years later and I don't think about it anymore because I know it's done, but it is something yeah. that you do mourn those 
ideals of what you what you want and what you think it's supposed to look like. But when mm. you come down to it, like I'm just really grateful that all three of them are earthside and healthy yeah. and, you know, that especially with Luca, that there was no lasting, you know, repercussions of, of what happened. Sure. So, so blessed. But, yeah. yeah, wow. I'm loving this one today. Yay. Hope our listeners love it too. After Marga. After Marga, we have the crone. So this threshold is reached when we're 70 and the crone is the wise woman. So it's our final stage of life before the new beginning of death. So we're withdrawing from the busy outside world and it's a time of contemplation and inward focus and we've walked all the paths in life. So the crone knows what's going on. She's the wisdom keeper. So it's a time, yeah, of like shedding and letting go. And I do love that about, you know, it's that final stage before death, which then is rebirth. So, mm. yeah. It's it reminding me of my grandmother, my my father's mother. Um, she was very much a crone energy and I miss that. Mm-hmm. I miss that presence in my life. Like I don't really have yeah. a crone yeah, I don't have that in terms of Same a woman. Here. Same here because I had, um, well, one of my grandmothers passed when, she, when I was 18 and my granny, yeah, she was my crone. Um, yeah, and I do miss that energy as well. It's that matriarch of the family and and my mum's not quite old enough yet to be a crone. So, yeah, we're missing crone in our, our world as well. Yeah. That wisdom keeper well, and. Hopefully we get to be crones for our kids one day. Absolutely. I think it's such an honour. It'd be such an honour to reach an old mm. age for sure. Yeah. So with, and I um, love the faces of the crone. Yeah. I love the lines. Yes. I just, I love the eyes, the eyelids drooping, but the, the smiling eyes or they're just there because I read eyes. It's just like their eyes just tell so much of their story of their life. It's just, mm. I could stare at old people's eyes for days. Yeah. So what are the associations? So the associations of the crone is the season of winter, so it's the descent into the other world, the element of earth. So you think about like they're authentic and down to earth, the direction of south, and it's associated with the dark and new moon, so that transformation from one world into the next of yeah, death and rebirth. And in regards to our menstrual phase, the crone is the bleeding time. So it's that shedding and letting go. And usually at that time, we're kind of turning within and quite introspective. Mm. I know I am when mm. I'm at that phase of the month, that's for sure. Yeah. Wow. Well, yeah, I hope that our listeners are fortunate to have crone energy in their life because it's definitely something that um, I definitely feel like looking at it from this way I can definitely feel that I've got all of those other influences in my life but also am experiencing the mother phase and looking forward to the maga but um Mm -hmm. you can definitely when you look at it this way and explain it this way it's very clear that the influence that you miss or the energy force that you miss within your human experience by the crone not being there Absolutely. Mm. And I think that's something you can find, you know, with the sister circles and and things like that. So, um, yeah, you can connect with crone energy that way. So I know a lot of the circles I've had have had 
all four stages there, but the maidens, the mothers, the magas and the crones, and it's wonderful to have that full broad spectrum of everyone bringing their own magic and their own power into that space. So, and they, you know, they're all equally as important and equally as potent. Yeah. Wow. So what about... Um... What about when it comes to the shadow aspects of these archetypes? Mm-hmm. It's, the shadow is not something that I tend to, um, it's not really in my language as a term. Mm-hmm. So first of all, um, like intentionally, so first of all, can you just explain what you mean, what what, what is meant by that? Um, mm-hmm. And then the aspects of the archetypes. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, with witchcraft, uh, it is acknowledged, we acknowledge the light and the dark in everything. So Mm -hmm. with the four aspects, everything that I've kind of spoken about is the light aspects of it, but there is another side of it. If you're not honouring where you're at or if you're not acknowledging where you're at, these darker shadow side can come up and come to play. So, for instance, um, the maiden in her light aspect, she's creative, curious, She's finding her way in the world. She's full of adventure and potential. But the dark aspect, if she's not honouring where she's at, she's withdrawn, anxious, low self-esteem and confused. So you can see that, I guess, Mm. opposing qualities. And then the mother. So in her light, she's self-confident, she's powerful, she's nurturing, energetic and protective. But if she's not in her light, if she's in the darker aspect, she's exhausted, she's overgiving, she's angry, resentful and depressed. And I know I've definitely had that, the darker Uh aspects come up for sure. I think we all have. So it's acknowledging that's the flip side um, when things are out of balance. And then in the Marga, in your light, she's wise, she knows who she is, she's intuitive, she's abundant. But in her darker aspect, if things are out of balance, she feels invisible or unwanted. She resists change. She's depressed and she withdraws from the world. And you can see this in women maybe that don't acknowledge getting older or I know I had a conversation with uh, one of the beautiful women I sat in circle with at my training and she said that that for quite a long time she felt invisible, um, even going to, you know, buy a, a loaf of bread that, be a younger woman there and she'd get served first and she was really resentful about it like if I was younger then I would be served and but she said once she had that shift of her own mindset and went well no fuck it I'm going to wear what I want to wear I'm going to wear the bright colors and I'm going to grow my hair and I'm going to wear this beautiful jewelry and whatever makes her feel good the energy shifted and people did notice her and so I guess it's it's yeah that balance isn't it and realizing where we're at And then the crone, uh, in her light, she's authentic, she's sovereign, she's the truth teller, she's compassionate and wise. But in her dark aspect, she's impatient, low tolerance, bitter, and she can be a martyr. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think it's Mm -hmm. um, really important to acknowledge all of these um, aspects. And I think a big part of this is the rites of passage and creating these rituals for ourselves and our loved ones so that we have these markers in time that you go, okay, you're now a maiden or, all right, you're becoming a mother and this is a big deal and, yeah, and creating this sacred space to work through it, I guess, and be supported and be seen for where you're at. Mm-hmm. And so if you've got someone in your life who is is um, in the dark or as you refer to it as the shadow 
of their mm-hmm. archetype. Is there something that you can do to support them through that? I guess so. I think it'd be um, maybe trying to acknowledge where they're at or why they may be in that shadow aspect. So, yeah, it's a tricky one. That's like a yeah a rabbit hole, that one. But, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because um, I'm just thinking, you know. Maybe trying to. Um, see them for who they are and where they where they're at and trying to invoke validate. maybe some of those lighter aspects yeah 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 validate so that they can get them back quicker or even just say hey you want to come along to this thing called a sister circle yes <laughs> hell yeah <laughs> hey for see sure. that big white ball in the sky it's a moon and it can tell it, you can tell things to fuck off with that moon like you just write it on a piece of paper and burn it and it's gone let's write things it's on pieces so of paper empowering. and burn them Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I think yeah. that's something um, I do find all of this work very self-empowering. It is really self-empowering mm. to, I think, in our current society, we live in a world where we're expected to be maidens forever and it's just not possible and it's not right. We, you know, we should be proud of moving into these different phases in our life and and honour that and honour that within each other as well. Mm. And I know that um, you've referred to Hardwick Colling, Hard, Jane Hardwick. Yeah, Jane Hardwick Colling. She does a ton of work around this. So, yeah, yeah. you can definitely get on her website and she's got a, quite a few different books about all of this and, yeah, just research and see what resonates for you. And Do you yeah, do any events yet around this? Not yet, no. No, I haven't yet. I think Something would be really powerful. Mm, yeah, I think so too. Definitely on the cards. Yeah. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> <laughs> on the card, in the cards. Actually, it is in my cards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's why I laughed. <laughs> Took me a second. Oh, gosh, yes, um, I do. The only one I don't have in my cards is the Marga, actually. I've got the Maiden, the Mother, the Crone, but I don't have a Marga card in the of Earth and Ether Oracle, so what? maybe the next deck. Is that an intentional thing? No, it was a bit of an oversight. Yeah. Oops. <laughs> Whoopsie. <laughs> but nothing to do with wanting, not wanting to acknowledge the Marga phase at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess in that deck, I reckon I could find a few cards that would represent the Marga. That's for sure. Yeah. So, divine tool of the week time. Da, 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 da. <laughs> what is it, Shan? So this week we are talking about black tourmaline. So it's a crystal. My fave. Oh, it's one of mine as well. That's why I had to had to bring it up and had to talk about it and share it with the world if you're not aware of it already. So black tourmaline is found on every continent. It's a black crystal containing magnesium, iron, and other metal elements that determine its colour. So you can purchase it raw or tumbled. In its raw state, um, some of which are naturally hexagon and sometimes with crystal tubes that run the length of the piece. Some where others may have a more matte texture. The stone's meaning is connected to its deep pitch black colour. So in magic, uh, the colour black is associated with banishing, protection, grounding and safety. So black tourmaline is associated with the base chakra and it's ideal for grounding your energy to the earth and it can help 
bring you a deeper sense of security. So it's a fantastic stone for cleansing your aura or for psychic protection from negative entities, and it can protect and cleanse you and your environment. So wearing a black tourmaline in the form of jewellery is a highly effective way to shield your energy and to keep unwanted energy out. Um, I know myself, I've got a beautiful black tourmaline pendant that I wear if I know I'm going to be in a situation where I need a little bit uh, more fortification, a little bit more of a buffer, I will wear that pendant. You shouldn't have said that because now (laughs) everyone that sees you is going to be like, oh, oh, no. (laughs) True. So you can keep some in your pockets or in your purse to serve as an energetic bodyguard or your bra bra, like I am known to do. And you can place black tourmaline crystal on the inside or outside your front door to prevent bad energy from entering. You can also place a stone in each of the corners of your room to seal the room with protective energy. And I've used it here on the property uh, to do the crystal grid formation in the ground under our slab for our new home and studio. So we've got it uh, where the thresholds are, the doors, and then we've got it in every single room. So beautiful. uh, Yeah. So I think it's a must-have stone for everyone, whether it's wearing it or having it in your home. It's just beautiful and highly protective. Yeah, it is. It's um, one of those ones too, like I've got it in... All, on all architraves on the inside of all the rooms in my house and on all the entrance ways to my house. But even the, the kids have got it in their bedroom and they just know it has to go there. And when it's, they, it's like I've taken it out for full moon cleansing and mm-hmm. maybe like it's been a day and I haven't like been able to put all the crystals back where they belong yet. And it's, they notice it. They're like, where's my, yeah, where's my wow. black thing from, from the door? <laughs> It's like, where is it? Where is it gone? It's like they just know that that's supposed to be there. And it's like what made them think to look up, to notice it was gone? They just Mm. sense it, that like I need it back. Where is it? Give it back. It's mine. Feel it. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. for sure. Uh, It's a beautiful stone. It really helps. It does. Yeah, I agree. Mm. Well, thank you. And I've loved this one. I um, feel that I think our listeners will appreciate it as well. And hopefully um, it's helped them understand where they're at and maybe give them a bit of food for thought in terms of thinking about whether they're honouring that or not um, or how they might want to honour that for themselves and others. Um, And I still haven't gotten myself a, uh, what's the ring called? Oh, yes, so we moon time in this episode, yeah. So another beautiful ritual you can do um, if you have a daughter or a, a female in your life that's getting her period, um, you can go out and buy a ring. So in a red colour, whether that's garnet or carnelian, and that is your moon time ring. So you put that on whenever you're bleeding and that is a clear signal to the world, so your family, <laughs> that you are on your moon time and it's a beautiful reminder to yourself that you can rest and take some time to nurture yourself and slow down, slow down during that mm. time. Mm. I think it's going to be one of the first things I buy myself when I actually get out to get myself something. Post lockdown, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. And just beautiful. honour the next sort of 10 years of, of my motherdom. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, because like all things, it will come to an end one day and you'll be in your marga and then your crone and 
Yeah. Before you know it, it's too late to honor it. Yep. Absolutely. All right. Take care, everyone. And thank you so much. Absolutely. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.